the battle for hearts and minds. Well, I'm not quite sure it will ever go away. These are the hardest times. Some are victims of these so-called liberated days. And if you think there's more to life, social work, cats and rocket science, and change your friends. And if you really can't decide between social work, cats and rocket science, and we're your friends. Hello and welcome to the Social Work Cats Rocket Science Podcast, uh, number... Four. What? Four. Four? Four. Jeez, have we done four? We've done Feels four. like we've done about 500. <laughs> 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 I'm your host, Brian Mitchell. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, well, I think we should start with literally oh, the rock star in the room, because um, think, he's wearing shades. I think we go with panel first, guests he's, after. Oh, okay, okay. And <laughs> tell her, Brian. Sorry then. It's very assertive, then. So, <laughs> I'm Lynn James. So, I'm uh, the um, one of the original authors from the book. Hello, I'm Fazila Hafaji. I hope you missed me last time. Of course we did. I wasn't here. Yeah, we were not happy about that. Yep, so I'm, I've changed my title oh again. Oh my God, how many titles do you have? <laughs> I'm Business Transformation. One podcast <laughs> is basically the answer. <laughs> so you what? I'm Business Transformation Lead for the Council, uh, working on autism and learning disabilities. Brilliant. All right. And then we have a couple of guests in the studio. Um, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes. My name is Rumbi Mashavari. I'm a student social worker at the Bradford University. You're a student social worker at the University of Bradford. It was shocker. I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, do you want to introduce yourself? <laughs> Hello, everyone. My name is Momo Suleiman. I am the MA social worker course rep. I'm also the BME officer of the University of Bradford Student <laughs> Union. So welcome to the podcast. And he's also, wearing shades. Also at the University of Bradford, shocker. Uh, do you want to tell people what else? Because you, you do everything, don't you? You're well, like let's man take about you, town. But one after the other. Both it's do. good that, that you find out. <laughs> <laughs> Holy mother. Okay, uh, so uh, what we're doing today, what's the, what's the theme? Well, this is going out in October, Brian. So much. Um, Momo, October's a really significant month. Do you want to talk about that and just give a bit of context, if that's all right? Okay, yippee. October is a black history month. The black history month. Yeah. So as the BME officer of the student union, I think October is a month for us to celebrate the history of the black people. The, the, the things they've done in the past, the things they are doing presently and the things they are keeping down for the future. So it's a month we look, we reflect upon things that have been done in the black world. The people like Rosa Park, Nelson Mandela, and the rest, they've done a lot. You can go to the English footballers, Ryan Jim Sterling. The, um, we can look at every black person in, in the UK and in the world today. This is our month. This is October. So we are celebrating the black History months. Okay, that's just brilliant. Uh, anything you want to add, Rumbi? Yeah, Black Lives Matter. This is a chance for us to actually talk about that as well, on top of that. And it's just basically reflecting on being black and 
where we've gotten to today. Okay. I mean, that's pretty. <laughs> it it's is left brilliant. you speechless. I've not yeah, seen that often. <laughs> it is brilliant. And it is that bit about, you know, like, I, I've got to say, right, that, that as somebody who works at the University of Bradford, it's stunning to hear you talk the way you talk and the, the way you are elevating the the the, th- the issues that are kind of crucial and fundamental to the work not 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 just social work even though this is a social work podcast but not just social work the crucial to the way we interact as human beings that bit about um, us being people and understanding that we are people there's more we more in common than um, than divides us uh, it's astonishing utterly astonishing yeah. I- I feel really privileged to be here today Mm. and um, I've been really proud and lucky to be able to work alongside and become friends with Momo and Rumbi and Fazila and um, I'm just really excited for the next 45 minutes, Brian. I think there's a lot to talk about today. I'm excited for the next 45 years. (laughs) (laughs) The future sounds... It does, doesn't it? The future sounds pretty safe and secure. If you've got your future, you've got loads to look forward to. That's what I mean. It's kind of... It feels like, to some degree... We said in the last podcast we were talking about women's rights. We were. We were, weren't we? Yeah, we were. It felt like we were going... It does. I'm dead sorry, but when, when when you break down women's experience in society, it feels like we're going backwards. This feels progressive yeah this um, feels like we've got a lot of work to do don't yeah. get me wrong but it yeah, does yeah. feel progress it feels more progressive to me it feels like we're tackling on a really fundamental level some of the stuff that paulo Freire talked about when he talked about social work and yeah. it's the power it brings um oppressed groups end up the the power and the privilege is retained by setting one group up against each other and mm. um, there's this is somewhere somehow it feels like you have the opportunity to really explore in with us in the next you know this afternoon um how feminism intersects with oh. um race intersects with disability all that all of that together we shouldn't be we've more in common and that yeah. feels like this october for us we should be proud to be whoever we are we shouldn't have to make excuses or adapt or or try to make the adjustment for others we should just be really proud to be us and like you said it's a it's a human common cause argument really Mm. without doubt without doubt so Mm. what we doing for black history month then okay we have a lot of activities lined up for black history month on the 8th of october we are having a discussion on proud to be we are expecting Professor Prospera, um, Dr. Prospera Tedam to be there. She's going to have lead the host of us on a talk show and talk about the reasons of blackness in social work. Why we need we need to respect the diversity amongst us in in our individuality. We need to uphold each other and see ourselves first as humans and rather than our skin color. Not about the container, but the contents of the individual. So that's what we're going to talk about on the, t- on the 8th of October. And also on the 15th of October, there's um, an Afro-Caribbean night happening at the School of Rock and Media. 
The school uh, rock comedian on Cater Street yes. in yeah. Bradford. <laughs> yes, in Bradford. School of rock and media, and there'll be lots of activities going on. And I think Is it's that a full day celebration. It's a real celebration. It's the afternoon into the evening. To the evening yeah, celebration, yeah. yeah. And also, aside that, the students are also having a lot to look forward to. All through the months of October, we are going for trips. We're going to Liverpool, the slave, slave uh, museum in Liverpool. We are also going to um, Widderby. We're going to other sites where there are lots of black. Um, businesses, so we want them to get to understand that there are blacks who are excelling here in the UK, in Bradford, and in its environs. And also, we are looking forward to having a welcome party for the freshers on the 4th of October. And on the 4th, we are going to welcome them and have them tell us how they feel being blacks in Bradford, how they feel the freshest week went. And also, we are looking at the 2090 gala night. The school is hosting a huge gala night and 29th of October where we are trying to have the literary, Bradford Literary Society come in. We're trying to have a um, cultural display, fashion display, food, and um, all that is. Where you hear from the power that be in the university, the leaders of the university welcome you in as a black student, making you realize that they run an open-door policy. Being the BME officer myself, I have enjoyed from this open door policy even as much as i try to tell people about it i think it's best they hear from the leaders of the university so on the 29th they are going to climb the podium welcome you into the campus and tell you activities that you can enjoy from in the university of bradford and the bradford community at large okay so not a lot happening then yeah. <laughs> just a few tiny things happening there, <laughs> just little Little, you see. It's an astonishing amount of work, that. An astonishing... It is brilliant that you've done all of that. Um, So before we go on and discuss all that sort of stuff, you are... What we normally do is we ask guests to come in and tell us, you know, bring a tune with them. So uh, what tune have you brought? Okay, right now I'm... One more, don't be greedy. You only (laughs) get the one. (laughs) You only get the one. Oh, God. Okay. Can I give one as the BME officer and one as the cost rep of social No, you only get social, the one. Social work. Right, you can't just break the rules. Them's <laughs> not the rules, Mo. <laughs> okay. Give us your... Give me a five minutes, Brian. Sort this out. <laughs> <laughs> it's chaos already. Uh, go on, give let's us do, Let's do... Um, Black My Story, Not History by Ziggy Marley. Okay, brilliant. So this is Black My Story by Ziggy Marley.
Very, very happy with that. But you're pushing for two, aren't you? No, um, we don't do two songs. What are you talking about? See, I, am do do I, I am more than one position, so I'm sitting here for more than one position. <laughs> so I should be allowed to use my office. Power, I yeah. should be allowed to use my office, please. <laughs> I should be. <laughs> yeah, you, you're saying that the request has come from Rob Mitchell. Of course. No, it's not happening. Not happening. <laughs> we need to talk sorry. about Hey, look, if you're not here, you don't get your song. Yeah, you've got to be here to choose his tune. You do. Um, the Bundle Boys, <laughs> they are good songs. Let's see how that goes. Uh, we're not dismissing it all out of hand. We're saying, let's see how we go. Yeah. You know, you can't have privilege in here. <laughs> Bundle Boys. It's all right. Not one. white privilege in here. Um, Rumbi, it right. is my privilege, not his. Yeah, it's, but it's not, <laughs> isn't it? Um, it in the in the introductory session, we were talking about Black Lives Matter and that as a movement. Tell us why that's so crucial and fundamentally important to social work. Well, it is important because um, the people we work with, some of them are black, and there's so many ra- so much racism that's going on that it's not only black people that need to understand what racism is, but it's also everyone else around it that is going to deal with it as social workers. I mean, you can come in as a social worker and be racist and not realise that. I'll give you for example, um, accent for example. It's a very coveted act of um, racism that someone can decide before they even listen to you, if they can hear you, that no, I can't hear you, I can't work with you because I can't hear you, simply because they've noticed that you've an accent. So it's one of those things that we need to have in mind. Black Lives Matter in terms of how racism can be a barrier, but at the same time, how can we go above it? Mm. So as social workers, we need to know how can we go above it? Yes, mm. it's a barrier. So are we going to change a social worker who is black? Uh, or because the client or the other professional says they can't work with them because it's got an accent problem? Or mm. is it that we are going to work out on how to overcome that barrier mm. as well? So, mm. yeah, it's balancing the two. Also, I won't, when we talk about racism, we're talking about Black Lives Matter. I see Black Lives Matter as an opportunity for us to use strength-based practice in fighting racism. Because now we, are, we have a voice we have a, a platform. We have something that is globally accepted. Mm. So right now, it's a way for us to bring about diversity and inclusion. It also goes into feminism. It goes into um, dis- um, disability and every other aspect that we are lacking in the world today. Mm. Because Black Lives Matter, to me, it's not just a black movement thing. It is a movement for every minor- minority group, be yeah. it the LGBTQ, be the, be it, because there are voices that needs to be heard one way or the other. Mm. So that's why you see taking a knee, raising up the feast and all. Okay, talking about raising up, taking a knee, we're having a football tournament to planned on campus between staff and students. So we are taking a knee before that with a feast up to, as a sign for Black Lives Matter. We are fighting for a trophy, mixed genders, both in the team. We are playing it down, speak, saying no to racism in the university and on the, in the community of Bradford. Yeah. So Black Lives Matter, Got the awareness that we have strength in us in numbers. Yeah, yeah. That's how I see Black Lives Matter. I don't see it as just 
there's racism. We all know that. Even in the way people pronounce your name, the way people don't want to even get to understand your name, yeah. get to know your name. I see people having to reduce the way their names are called. While in their culture, their name means something different. But when you reduce it, you are killing the meaning of their name. But they have to let you have your way because they don't want to confront you. Mm. I have seen that situation and I've heard of people telling me they won't take me if I don't put my English name in my CV. I and can I'm see like, them be nodding. Is that... Yeah, you were nodding, Rumbi, when you were No, I'm, I'm nodding because my full name is Rumbi Dai. But the minute I go beyond Rumbi Dai, it's no one, like, n knows how to pronounce it. It's I, a really interesting yeah. concept, so, though, isn't it? Because um, apart from having this role in Bradford, I do consultancy work up and down the country and I do equality, diversity and inclusion training or, um, you know, learning opportunities. And the first thing that we do in terms of a um, kind of icebreaker is what what's your name? And what does it mean to you? Because we give away our names so freely. Um, and I've done that session with colleagues that I've known for years. And actually, I've never known what their name means in terms of actually if there's a meaning behind it. But also, there's a there's a story that comes with it, isn't it? So I hated my name because lots of people say to me, oh, Fazila's a really nice name. But to me, it's a really old-fashioned name. Is it? Absolutely hated it. But as I've got older, I've got... Um, I, I think there's a reputation that comes with it. So you don't just give your name away freely. Mm. Um, and then there's a religion attached to my name, a, a, you know, like a meaning attached to that. So it means entry to paradise. Um, it's oh, my God. <laughs> nice. I once said that in a comedy club, you will not believe what happened all night. I can't even tell you, <laughs> oh, honestly. Um, what, you know what, that thing about entry to paradise, I think Brian means toss pot or something like that. <laughs> but you, th those meanings are so critical mm -hmm. and crucial to yes. both who and what you are, aren't mm -hmm. they? Those things actually, they are, they absolutely define It's who an you identity, are. Brian. Absolutely. That's my identity. That's who I am. That's my cultural balance. You go to parties, you go to a restaurant, you find out that there's no meal talking about another taste. You have a certain class of meal for this person. You're doing parties, you have diverse friends, but you're not thinking about diverse taste. Yeah. Oh, it's not spicy because I don't eat spicy, but you invited me for your party. Those are the little forms of things we notice that are going on. Mm. So, what do you think? Totally agree with you. Um, like you said, like my name, Rumbidzai, means praise. <laughs> but the short of it is, doesn't mean anything. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I'm also used to being called Ruby because, yeah, most people can't even say Rumbi, it's Ruby. It's not hard, so. is it? It's not hard at all. Yeah. It's not hard. It's it a is. choice thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a choice. choice I, th I think it is a choice thing, but I think there's also, dare I say, <laughs> there's also something really, really kind of internal about not wanting to disrespect people by getting the names wrong. There is something here about, you know, I, I'll openly admit it, I do it. I kind of go, oh, I don't want to get anyone's name wrong because I look a bit of a div. You know, where actually, you don't look at it, do you? It's just about getting it wrong and then correcting oneself. I'm just oneself. saying, I don't want to get it wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. How do, I, how do I pronounce it? Yeah, yeah. But it's having the confidence to do that. Yeah. And it's also, it's also confronting some of that inner stuff, I think. It's also confronting some of the inner monologue and inner dialogue you're having with yourself about how do you get over that without feeling like you've offended everybody in the room. 
You know, like I, 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 I've said it so many times. You know, like I, I, I absolutely get what you're saying because there's nothing worse than getting an email with brain written on it. Brain, who's brain? Then you don't want to respond back, going, oh, "My name's not brain. My name's brain." My name's Pinky. There's something when we say something, oh, it's very British of you, isn't it? I went out for a meal. It was horrendous. And then at the end of the meal, it was, it was extortionate as well. And the waiter went, how was your meal? And I went, oh, it's lovely. lovely. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Really British. Really and I think out, it comes it? back to that element of what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, do you have the confidence yeah. to ask yeah. and challenge? Yeah. Um, and I think a couple of points that you've made, Momo, is around... Uh, when you talk about the platform that you've now got, is the ability to have those difficult conversations and to challenge um, appropriately with respect. Yeah. And I've got colleagues who've said to me, I can ask you because I feel comfortable in asking you, and it's about you creating that environment yeah. that makes people comfortable in yeah. order to ask those questions that you've always wondered. Yeah, but that's about the openness and the friendliness, isn't it? And, that, like, let's be honest, let's be clear. I, I, I've got to say, the university is just not... A, it feels like a culture in itself that legislates against people being friendly at times. You know, you walk... I, I love the University of Bradford, and I'm not criticising it, but you walk in through the front doors, and it's hard the most inclusive environment when you walk in. It's very clinical. It doesn't really say anything about uh, education and these these people, this collective community coming here. It feels kind of a bit alien at times. And if I feel that as a lecturer, God knows how students must feel. Right now, when we talk about the University of Bradford and the way we students feel when we come in, first and foremost when you walk into the University of Bradford and you see different sets of human beings without languages, you don't know who they are. Mm. Sometimes I, when I first saw those people, I thought, okay, maybe they were the head of student union or something. Then later I found out they are not. So who are they? What are their pictures doing there? Then I went into the atrium. There were no signs, no language, no, 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 no information. But right now I noticed that there are signs at the banners. They are trying to put yeah. different languages. And as the BME officer, we're trying to also put more things up, like we're speaking with the school and we're working with the school to let known that there are different information. Like for the um, Black History Month, I'm getting an approval for us to put some something for the Black History Month all through the atrium. We've already gotten the approval for the Student Union building. So we're getting an approval in the process, almost complete. So throughout the month of October, you will know we are celebrating the Black History yeah, Month, yeah. where you're going to come into the atrium and know that this school is engaging in Black History Month. So I think right now we have the, uh, the union and the staff that are listening. We have a good mix and we have a good relationship amongst ourselves. So I think going forward, we are very inclusive. People like Professor Udi, they are talking about equality, diversity, inclusion. She's a champion and yeah. we are working with her to make sure that the University of Bradford even though we are winning the awards, we also want to win it in the hearts of the students for yeah. us to feel welcomed and embraced. Sweet. I uh, sent... Oh, sorry. I have a different... Well, slightly different perspective. I think Bradford is very inclusive. I mean, there are flaws here and there, as you've mentioned, but I've been to University of Sheffield. It's international, but not as inclusive as Bradford, to be honest. Um, I felt more at home at Bradford University earlier with Sheffield... I don't remember feeling at all at home the entire time. Um, there are very few black students there. I think I was the only black girl in a class of 60 students. 
So, yes, so coming from that environment to Bradford University, I was calm. I had uh, black lecturers and black students as well. So in a way, it is inclusive in terms of diversity, the people who are actually at the university. You actually feel at home. In Sheffield, just meeting other black people, you, you don't know that person. They'll just smile at you and wave at you like, oh, there's another black person <laughs> at the university. So, yeah. Yes, in it's the different. University of Bradford, we have a very large black population. Yeah. I think we can make about 10 to 15% of the general school population in the University of Bradford. So, yes, we have lots of black people. Mm. Uh, um, um, I feel this is a moment for a song. All right, I'm, I'm good. I think it is good and time for a tune. Anyone who's next up? I'm next. Oh, blimey, very certain. Go on, then, what have we got? Okay, my song has got a story behind it. It's uh, Maria Makeba, Pata Pata. So I chose it because she was also an advocate. I was an advocate on my placement. She was an advocate and an activist as well. So uh, during the apartheid in South Africa, which is very uh, important in, as part of social work, we need to be activists. We also need to be advocates. And this song was a song that brought joy during the bad times, uh, during the apartheid. So I think it's really appropriate for this time whereby we reflect on what has happened, bad and good, but there are times whereby we actually can have fun and dance along. So yeah, pata pata.
tune. Yeah. I mean, we were all up dancing, weren't we? Yeah. Have yeah. I just lied? I've just lied, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I fit with me, see? I can't stop myself, can I? There was a little bit of dad dancing going on the bit of my dad dancing in my head. I saw Momo trying to do this. Yeah, he has got a group. But he's also got the sunglasses. He has. He has taken them off, I've hasn't he? I've said this before. I'm we are downstairs in the basement of the School of Rock and Media. There is literally no light, and Momo's sat yeah. with his sunglasses on, looking like a rock star. I'm going to can't get any more subtitles. <laughs> Let's talk about mindset then, because what we wouldn't want to do is dispute the need for Black History Month, but yeah. surely, surely we should be celebrating black lives all year round. Yeah, that was why I chose my team. Oh, okay. Black my story, not history, that's not history. It's a continuum. The education should continue. It's an everyday thing. It starts with decolonizing our curriculum in school. When you're talking about racism in school, we need more black, black or Afro-Caribbean authors to have written books because they are writing from lived experience. They are not writing from the point of somebody else's story. Either they got it from their folklore, which is a good way as Afro-Caribbeans Afro of passing information from your family down to, from one generation to another. Folklore is a very good way to pass information in our, in our culture. So most times when you sit in a class and you find out that they are speaking about racism from the point of view of the colonizer rather than the colonized, I think it loses, you lose me as a black student. You understand? So I feel it's supposed to be a continuous thing right in class. And also, without talking about not just decolonizing the curriculum, we also need to decolonize our mindset, decolonize our campus, decolonize our community. You need to also be diversified in your thought pattern, be it in your businesses, in setting up a business, be it in, in wherever aspects of life you lead. You need to have a diversified mindset. You need to understand that the UK is a diversified society. So it's beyond a set of people that are coming here. One day there'll be somebody who is different from you coming in. How do you treat that person? Yes, the buildings are now diversified to have disabled entry and all. But as a black man, I also want them to do more. I also wish more can be done in the visibility of diversity. And also, we should also, when, it, when we talk about getting a job, we, a lot of blacks in the community that are students always find it difficult securing a job, either because of their names, like Rumbi mentioned, or either because they feel they cannot listen or understand what they are saying. We are, we, most of us are here as students. We have passed a degree before in our lives, spoken in English language. So we might have an accent, we might have a, a demeanor that is different from yours. But there's nothing that makes us different from you because we all have challenges. So I think we must all champion EDI. That's equality, diversity, and inclusion in our workplace and in our community if we really want to respect Black Lives Matter. Yeah, you talked about mindsets, but is it about mindsets or is it about a really deeply held tacit understanding about what knowledge is valid? So that idea about a, a, a decolonization of knowledge the whole social work education is structured around essentially the the legitimacy of the written document 
and that being the ultimate form of knowledge within social work as an academic discipline. But when you touch on how um, how cultures value knowledge, it's only a particular aspect and a very white privileged perspective that places value on a written document as the way that knowledge is transferred and transmitted through the community. The um, One of the most powerful presentations I had was a narrative social worker who was Aboriginal um, Australian who was who began her presentation talking about how she stood there with her mother and her mother's mother and her grandmothers and her grandmothers and they brought with them the spirit and the sky and the the they her entire employment was based around a recognition that um, diagnosis of dementia medicalization of people was a, a really western version and understanding that and her involvement it bringing social perspectives but a culturally competent perspective about how to engage and understand the story and the narrative was changing clinical assessments on outcomes for, di for dementia diagnosis it's social work has a really powerful role here around how it sits but only if it's prepared to to properly challenge itself about how it values social yeah. work education knowledge within it. But that's that whole, you know, like, so that's that whole bit about social work being an art. I Not mean, all the stuff. Well, you see, well, yeah, I, do, totally, I do believe totally that, though. That. I do. I think that, yeah. I think that the, the legitimization of the science aspect of it is the paper. The legitimization of the art bit of it is about the way we think and about the way we interact. And that, that's not that's that thing about it's not provable because all we've got is what we've got here. All we're seeing is the way one each of us are, are behaving around one another. What each of us then has to make a call on is is that credible and do we mean it? See, I would have agreed with that years ago about the art bit of it, but in my transformation role <laughs> and being you know, born in Bradford as well, if you're listening. Yeah. Um, is around the kind of data science behind it. So if you look at Bradford District yeah. as a whole and we look at the multiple vulnerability index, we've got 14 wards where you're in the bottom 10th percentile of deprivation. Yeah. So you've got that data and then you add to that the social work out of it and you come you come up with something really beautiful, which is your data's telling you that you've yeah. got deprived communities within your district and you know by that very um, nature of how data is that then intersects and interacts but what do you do with that is mm. where the social work and I think that's where you've got the merging of the science and the art and years ago if you'd have said to me science and art merging together mm, I wouldn't have I think that I think there's merit in it what I'm saying though is what what social work is fundamentally it, it's founded on is relationship work that's not written that can only be in the in the moment, in the discussion, in the how are we with one another. And yeah, and yeah, we started talking about Black Lives Matters, which Rumbit's high. I apologise for not calling you proper name before. And mentioned the very um, one of the very early in signals in the data was um, I saw the um, when the pandemic hit, the um, the visibility of data has been a really powerful tool to expose. Black Lives Matters and move us beyond culturally. We talk about, we talk comfortably about cultural competency. It's, it's a 60s concept, isn't it? It's almost a, a white power appeasement version. And I'm a child of the 70s. I was brought up with apartheid and the anti-apartheid movement. It's a much more hard hitting edge. And and uh, Momo mentioned about Professor um, Prosperity and her work, which is much more, is becoming more challenging as she gains 
confidence to talk about how disruptive you need to be as an oppressed group in order to be able to make your point. The very early indicators from the intensive care critical um, care admissions was um, 34% of everyday on critical care beds back last April were black, Asian, minority ethnic groups and compared with it should have been 45% at most if you were to follow the population. Now that's the kind of indicator that 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 that's the stuff where you bring together the science into then an art form to understand and make sense of what does it mean. It's anyone can have an opinion. Anybody can the the validity of the opinion from the science. No, it isn't validity of opinion. It's it's a search for authenticity. It's a search for understanding, and that being grounded in a recognition of dignity and respect for different viewpoints within it. Moment. Yeah. In the background, though, we can't we can't be at the School of Rock and Media without songs and music playing in the background. So if you're hearing stuff in the background, it's people actually practicing and getting involved and playing music and singing. It's beautiful. But speaking of all things beautiful and beautiful songs, I think it's time for a tune. Yeah, gosh, um, I had a real problem trying to work out where to, what to say. But then one song keeps coming back in my head. I said I'm a child of the seventies. Um, and also I've, I've been really privileged to visit South Africa a number of times and the first time I went I was faced with the reality of apartheid in a way that is really deeply affecting um, so there could only be one song today given the context of the conversation and um, I want to play Beaker but I don't want to play the old version I want to play the playing for change version and um, Beaker was re-recorded with a multicultural cast of artists from around the world during 2021 and it was in recognition of Black Lives Matters so I want the playing for change version of Beaker and I want to celebrate and recognize that Steve Beaker's philosophy of blackness and of um, black power is a really inclusive philosophy and it's right to the heart of knowledge and legitimacy and ownership of knowledge that his philosophy preached, his theory preached. So I, that's my request for today. This is that. sleep at night I can only dream in rain The outside world is black and white with only one color day Oh, 
Is a tune. I mean, that's a tune. You know, like no matter when you hear that, that's just it sends goosebumps down my spine. That tune. It's 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 that hot. Yeah, yeah. Stop, Brian. Just stop. I'll end up crying. So, the, I suppose the counterbalance to the Black Lives Matter. I've got to say it. The counterbalance to the Black Lives Matter movement is all lives matter. Go on, punch me. Somebody punch me. <laughs> punch me, somebody. You can't oh. let me sit here and go uh, and say that because I think I think what we need is a discussion about how the hell has that happened. I think um, the thing around um, 
Black Lives Matters and the conversation that we're having today is about inequalities. Um, and inequalities, if you look at it, and we've had a conversation around women, we've had a conversation around black and minority ethnic communities, we talk, we talk about people with disabilities, yeah. all of that group of people um, that we're talking about, to some extent, people then, it's not about all lives matters, it's about that inequality issue that we're talking about. So you're trying to mask that, well, what about me? Mm. So when I'm talking about um, equality, diversity, inclusion, you know that you've got a piece of legislation that sits behind it, behind it and you talk about things like positive action, um, then somebody will come up to me and says, well, well, what about me? Well, actually, what you're doing is you're levelling the playing field. You're removing those barriers mm. that allow people to achieve their potential. Mm. Um, when I got this transformation role, I got a card off one of my family members and it says quite clearly in there, keep breaking that glass ceiling. And I, and I was really proud of myself for a minute, but then in the context of this, I was thinking, who creates that glass ceiling? Mm. You know, mm. it's, it's that mindset, that whole conversation that we've had and yeah. the change of mindset and the culture that we need to... Would we, would we though? I mean, would we accept that that whole thing about... Because it's clearly racism... For it, in my book, right, for racism to be real, it has to be structural. It has to be absolutely based within the structure of a society, and it's clearly there. So we've got a lot of work to do, I think, in addressing the structures. But then there's this other bit, isn't there? This weird bit that's happened over the last four years, five years, however long it's been, which seems to have been the, the whole Brexit thing, which seems to have emboldened an awful lot of people in terms of bringing out opinions that formerly... I'm not saying it's right that they would have kept them inside and wouldn't have spoken about them, but, dear God, people are so bold now. And I, some of that's about social media, but some of that is absolutely happening on the streets. Some of that is about attacking people for the colour of the skin some of that is about calling people's names for the color of the skin skin and that stuff is just so brazen at times it feels like dare i say brexit has absolutely contributed to that i think it comes back to narrative that's that's the best way i can describe it so what is the narrative out mm. there that gives people the the confidence um and and to, to voice those thoughts mm. and it goes back to a lot about kind of um, if you think about education and the way that that's configured, it is configured, I'd say, on those kind of philosophies of white supremacy. So from the minute that you go into an educational establishment, mm. those are kind of the philosophies that are fed into you and you internalise them. And then I don't want to talk about politics because that's what we're not oh, here to talk about. I, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know... There's a lot about what, what's fed into you and what legitimises people's uh, policy and decision-making yeah, yeah. and uses um, people's poor experiences um, to, to voice those then opinions that you mm. would have then internalised. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, sure, I mean, you, I, I, let's not talk about politics, but Boris Johnson has fed this thing. He has, I don't care what you said. The Tories have absolutely fed it. They have, but... You know, the whole Brexit agenda feels to me that it's just emboldened an awful lot of people to come out with a lot of nonsense, particularly the All, My, All Lives Matter agenda, which I... Yeah, yeah. Um, with All Lives Matter, I think it's a matter of people confusing equality and equity mm -hmm. because we are not equal. So they are not looking at it that way. I mean, it's going back to the gender 
arguments as well were saying we want equality, but then they forget what equity is all about. Mm. So we're saying all I've met, I was saying we need to be equal, okay? But are we really equal or not? So we need to get equity out of the way first before we get to equality. So it still has to be Black Lives Matter before we get to All Lives Matter mm. until we address that issue. Like Momo said, it's not about Black Lives Matter, it's about all the other minorities matter as well. Until we get that done, then we get to equality. Uh, I mean, I'm happy with that discussion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm overjoyed with that. Uh, at that point, I think possibly time for a tune. Yeah, so you know that I'm absolutely poor at choosing songs. And when it's I do not, choose them... Please tell me it's not the final countdown by Europe. <laughs> it, it, anything well, would be better. When I do choose them, the amount of abuse I get in this forum and on the social media, <laughs> it's unbelievable. But when I got asked to come to this um, podcast um, and it was about Black Lives Matters, um, I was thinking, well, actually, what gives me the right to be there, I guess was the question that I thought. Um, what? Yeah, I, I had imposter syndrome, I really did. Because I thought, actually... <laughs> Brian, basically, Brian, I'm going to have to describe, I, I don't know what to say, you should... Oh Once again, God. speechless. You are... Not, oh, God, I, I really thought, you know, I, I'm sat with... Momo, I'm sat with Rumbi, and I thought actually they're doing so much in terms of um, university and all of that. And I know I got invited, and I, and I really thought. And then I thought, what's going on? Oh, oh genius! What does that bring me to? Well, Marvin Gaye. Brilliant. What's so going brilliant. on? So this is Marvin Gaye, and what's going on? Brother, brother, there's far too many of you dying. You know we've got to find a way to bring some loving here today. Father, father, we don't need to escalate. You see, war is not the end. For only love can conquer hate You know we've got to find a way To bring some love and get here today Picket lights and picket signs Don't punish me with brutality Talk to me so you can see Right on. 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 Right on.
Utterly, utterly beautiful Marvin Gaye. What is going on? What's going on with this imposter syndrome nonsense? Will you stop it? What's going on? Well, I mentioned we're not. I wasn't going to mention Rob Mitchell because he's not here. He's not here. Well, if you're not here, you're not here. You're not in the room. I am going to mention him. I had a conversation with him about imposter syndrome, um, and he said that part of that is 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 brings a humility mm. and a humbleness and I think I don't ever want to lose that um, and yeah I did have imposter syndrome when I was invited but I do think the subject that we're discussing although it's about black history and we discuss black Lives matters but I think all the other areas that we've talked about this afternoon inequalities is you know is, is areas that we will be working on mm. in terms of social work and we've got a huge potential to make a difference mm. And I think that's where all of us have got the same kind of platform and, and credence to be stood mm. and talking about all mm. that stuff. I, I, I might say you are kind of one of the most inspi- inspirational women I've ever met, and I don't say that lightly. I don't. You're brilliant. You kind of do loads of stuff. You do. You do. You, you don't just do it in a... It, for you, it's not just a thing. A thing, it's it's that thing that we were talking about. It's credible. It's t- it's tangible. Ask me. I can't write it down. I can't philosophize. I can't I can't intellectualize that. But it's there. Gut instinct says credible every single time. Don't ever doubt. Please don't do the imposter syndrome mm. thing. But then I feel that way about everyone in this room and the people that we often surround ourselves with, which is in one sense brilliant, but in another sense a bit of a danger because we're in grave danger of creating an echo chamber where all we hear are the things that we agree with rather than confronting the things that we don't. Listening to some of the discussions and fathoming it, you know, fathom fathoming it for what it really is it's an hard one but you know like yeah yeah 
We don't need a Black History Month. We need a Black History Year. Of on year, on year, on year, I, I would argue. I agree with you, Brian. I think the month thing is just like a birthday thing. We do it for them and your birthday has passed. It's moving to the next person's birthday. I don't yeah. think we need a Black History Month. I think it's supposed to be a continuous discussion because I believe racism is not a, it's a learned behavior. It's not something that you were born with. So if you're not born with it, someone is teaching you. Yeah. Why is that person teaching you? Meaning the education should be continuous. Yeah. It should be a continuous education. We should keep talking about it. We should keep calling it out. Oh. You have to call it out. You have to kick out racism. You don't. How do you kick it out? It's by educating the person, calling it out when you notice it, and internalize your own biases. Hmm. At the moment you decide not to call somebody for a job interview or give the person a position because of their name, because you cannot pronounce their name, because you feel members of your staff for customers or clients who find it difficult to pronounce their name, you're a racist. Own up to it. Accept it. Then work on yourself. I think we need to start telling ourselves the truth from within so we can start educating people because the children, they, they are not racists. Racism is an adult thing. And as adults, we need to fight the bias and prejudices within. I think it's also about educating people on what racism is because they cannot tell themselves racism when they don't know that they're actually being racist. So sometimes it's internal, they think it's normal, but it's not normal. So it's two ways. It's more like telling themselves, but at the same time, we need to actually call out, no, this, this is racism. Mm -hmm. Because people think racism for the extreme, but then there's that small Subtle little racism. incident. Mm. Yeah, It works on many subtle levels. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I... I, I yeah. Yeah, it's a kind of it it feels a bit like you know, don't get me wrong, we're in a good place. We're in a good place where where the national football team take the knee. We're in a good place. We're not in a good place where supporters are booing them. We're not in a good place where athletes, young women get abused for the colour of the skin. We're not in a good place. We are in that we've got all those people out there doing magnificent stuff. We as a society are not in a good place when we're abusing those people of for course, what they're doing. Of course, like one of the athletes that they went to his social media page to start insulting him because of his decision making. Hmm. The rider, um, the F1 Formula One rider. So we have a lot of issues. The the footballers because of a misplaced penalty, you forget the good he did, bringing hmm. you down to that level. So. We as a society, we think because he's black, he has to work double. He has to always tick the boxes. Mm. Forgetting as humans, sometimes we we fall short. That is where we as blacks want you to also embrace us. We are humans. See the humanity in us. Not We mustn't work double, deep, double than other people. We are humans. We have mistakes. We make mistakes. We are going to fall short. But don't know when we fall short, you, you will racially abuse us and expect us to not fall short. We will fall short and we will continue falling short because it's a human thing. So, like Rumbi said, the education is continuous. I'll keep saying that. All right, time for a tune, I think. It's all right. Now, you all went dead political and did things that were like <laughs> dead political. I haven't, but somehow it ties in rather beautifully with your Does that mean you can get abused this time? Uh, yes. I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not waiting sure. to him. Is it another classic? It's not. <laughs> Actually, it's the... It's, um, 
uh, you to me are everything by the real thing. Wow. Because I think it, it kind of captures perfectly the bit about valuing people for who they are and what they are. It will be generally seen as a love song, and if that's the way you see it, that's okay. everything by the real thing uh, i think it's time to say goodbye what a what a brilliant podcast really really brilliant Cat Bank it's been enough. a pleasure to be uh, here man i've always a, looked forward to being here it's the next generation in, in action really isn't it yeah. and i'm just all inspired by both of you and all i can say is um uh, the just really excited to see what you do to social work over the coming years of your career yeah stay in bradford 
Oh, yeah. Open day local. Yeah, yeah. We're not letting them go, Brian. There are lots of work to be done in that There is lots of work to be done. By God, we need you doing it. Yeah, we need to do it. Both of you, okay. Just um, really inspiring. So we'll see you next time yep. on no, Social yeah. Work, Cats, Rocket Science. Oh, no, Brian, there's one more. Yeah. No, 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 They've all gone. This is my song, Bundu Boys by Upenyu. Oh, Bundu Boys, Upenyu Wangu. Now, play, listen. It's nice. Bye.
Everyone can see it smiling over the sky in the hole. 